African poor today, a peculiar pain known only to those who are running a business. My name is Philip Nyapo, and our guest on African Port is a pharmacist and a business owner who knows the aggravations of being in business. He will tell us about his experience trying to establish a business in Africa, the incredible challenge he faced, and what it takes to prevail. It is the good news and the bad news about Africa here on African Port. back to African Pod and I am your host Philip Nyapo. My guest is the managing director of Kina Pharma Group of Companies and I interviewed him shortly after he was declared marketing man of the year. And listen to this, that was in the year 2004, about 12 years ago and it was subsequently broadcast on Sky TV in Ghana. So why is this interview relevant today? Because not much has changed regarding the unique challenges faced by entrepreneurs like him who employ hundreds of people. They are often frustrated by a hostile business environment, a banking system that mostly flees hard-working people, as well as mindless government regulations and sheer lack of support. Then there is a pervasive, drunken, and blinding politics that undermines business. The interview has references to currency valuations as well as situational facts that reflect the realities on the ground a decade ago. These, of course, should be taken in the appropriate context. At the time of the interview, Kofinsia Poku had been running his group of companies for 15 years. I started by asking him to reflect on his journey as an entrepreneur. It's a long story. We started in late 1989 when I left the walls of the university after having a very good job to set up on my own. A destiny that I took upon myself and did not know where I was going. But today I am there. D didn't know you were going to end up here, but what fired your desires when you started a journey? You see, if you start looking and you begin to get, then you develop the appetite to get more. So as, as you try to get more, you end up chasing. And every day you chase, you are in a next level. So we, I keep climbing the ladder. For me, I've not reached there yet. I'm somewhere in the middle. So I'm waiting to get to the top. Even though I've been voted as being on the top, personally, I don't think I'm there. There's Th more. Well, tell me about your days at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology in Kumasi. Why did you go into uh, pharmacy anyway? Why did you decide to study pharmacy? You see, at the sixth form level, I was very good in mathematics as one of the subjects. I thought I was going to become an engineer, specifically civil engineer. When we had to fill the funds for the university, I decided to buy three forms because normally you don't have the exam results, so you don't know where you'll be chosen to do the course. I chose pharmacy, civil engineering, and building technology. 
after the exams, the results came. I passed well, and I was selected to do all the three courses because the selections were done independently. I went to the university, started civil engineering for the first day, but I asked myself, after school, if I had to be on my own with civil engineering background, what could I do? And I thought it was too expensive. If I had to sell the head of all the people in my family, maybe the price I would get cannot buy one grader. So there was, it was pointless for me to spend so much time and wanting to be an entrepreneur myself could not end up there. So I decided to opt for pharmacy, where I taught after school. One of the shops that you always see on the roadside, pharmacy shop, which is a small business, I could end up having one. That is what I went to do pharmacy. I see. Well, you don't look like a man of many talents, but you got to move from being a pharmacist to a drug manufacturer and now a marketer. And your company is uh, the Kina group of companies, right? Kina Pharma, which is a household name in Ghana. How did that transformation come about? You see, I, when I was teaching at the university, I was very good at teaching. My superiors apparently were shocked when I decided to leave the walls of the university because they thought I was a good material. But for me, it was a wrong place. I thought having trained as a pharmacist and having taught students how to make medicine, it was a time for me to really put it into practice. After this, the salary was also not good enough to sustain what life I wanted to lead. Therefore, I took the risk of setting up a small retail pharmacy so that I could grow it as a chain pharmacy in Ghana. In three years, I established three pharmacies in Kumasi. During the fourth year, I came to Accra to establish an additional one. Then I realized that the retail chain was not ideal for me. I went into importing pharmaceuticals to rather distribute to these retail shops to sell to consumers. Having achieved that and business being good, I realized that I had about 35 people whose lives depended on a supplier somewhere. If the supplier failed to supply, Kina Pharma and all the 35 people were going to be out of work or business. So the best was for us to make whatever we sell. So I took on this challenge, bought an existing factory, did extensions and converted it as a manufacturing concern, an ultra-modern one, which today we have used to become the leading manufacturer of pharmaceuticals in Ghana. We are well respected in West Africa. Beyond that, I want to know more about yeah, your company, uh, group of companies, the Kina uh, group of companies. Uh, give me a graph of how the company is like. We have Kina Pharma, 
which is the parent company. We have quality tie, which we retread ties that people do not want to use. We convert it into new ones, a technology that we have with an Indian company and the Hercules in the USA. Most of our customers are the construction companies like TSEC, Sonitra, etc. We do for Gassem, Metro Mass Transports, and M Plaza, and all those things. And then we are into telecom also, where we distribute cars and we make our own cars, prepaid cars, to sell. We are also going into consumer healthcare, where we will extend our expertise from the pharmaceutical business to do cosmetics and food and beverages. I'm sure by next year this time we'll have our own consumer products on the market. Well, you, you've just shot beyond um, my assumptions because I was going to think that you employed, well, top scientists in the country perhaps to uh, manufacture these drugs on the market, uh, several of them, and I have a card here which uh, has a list of them, APC, Fine Life, Aspinol, Malafan, and uh, so many. So you employ more than scientists, and wh what sort of people uh, do you employ apart from scientists? Uh, we, on the whole, we have 350 people working for Kina Pharma alone. I am the chief scientific officer. That means whatever product that comes out, I develop the concept and make the design and the formulation and give it to scientists to make, which they make. When they make it, that is not at the end of the business. We have to sell and we have professional marketers. As of now, in our industry, we are the only company that has a well-structured marketing department. We employ about 70 people with different backgrounds. We have professional marketers, we have pharmacists, we have chemists, we have biochemists, we have sales executives, etc. And then we have the finance department where we have qualified accountants, we have auditors, and we also have the human resource and administration. So we try to ensure that the management is strong. They can do the work without the managing director, or if the managing director is not there, the company can continue to exist, just like Unilever or Barclays Bank. That is where we've reached today. So that this moment you are spending in this interview um, doesn't matter because the, your company is still ticking? It is. The company pays me today to only dream. That is my job. After the dream, it goes to the next stage where somebody else works on it. So every night that I sleep, whatever I come out with is given to somebody else. And that ideally should be the end of my job. So I'm paid today for only dreaming. Others do the work. My staying here doesn't matter to the company. Would you entertain any fears in making public your annual turnover as a company? No. What's your turnover? Last year we did 55 billion. This year we expect to do about 90 billion. And profit margin? Profit margin, on the whole, we make about gross margin of 35 percent. 
but it comes down to probably about two, three billion every year. What's well, that? Um, how old is your company? Fifteen years. In fifteen years, you've gotten this far. Uh, in your experience, what would you say are the challenges involved in in um, uh, bringing about growing business in Ghana? It's enormous. The list is long. Too many problems. But one still has to overcome. What are those problems? See, let's look at it this way. If you want to do a business, if you have an idea and you want to go into business, the idea is there. The next thing you need is money. If you want money, it's just impossible in Ghana. Take yourself as a fresh graduate from school. You have developed an idea that you want to make a product. You want to manufacture it. First, you need the money. You don't have the money. If you go to the bank, they want collateral, business plan, fresh person from school. When did you have a collateral? It doesn't exist. Interest rate is very high. So your dream will really be shattered. Even when you get the money and you want land, in Accra, one piece of land is sold to 10 people. You need to fight, apart from the fact that it is expensive. Having got the land after fighting with land guards, then you get to the next level of putting the structure up. It is so expensive. One acre of land of where Kina Farmer is situated is $250,000. So to get a land, one acre, you only need 250. How many Ghanaians have that money? If you move on to putting up a structure there, you need about $500,000 to start with. So these are factors that really do not attract people to go into manufacturing. Having done everything, you've put up the factory, you have the machines, you have everything. You need people to run. Where are the people? As of today, we import labor. We have six expatriates with us. Most Ghanaians are not trained in the proper area. Those who know even have bad attitude. It is very difficult to really work with them. If you want to import anything into the country, taxation is complex. If you want anything from the ministries, bureaucracy is there. Sometimes you get fed up. If you want to sell, we don't have sufficient population. If you want to export, there's not much incentive. So all these factors really affect one to grow in this market. Notwithstanding, we are still pushing. And notwithstanding pushing, how were you able to push efficiently, profitably, 
to this point because people who have been in business 15 years, you can count on one hand how many of them can tell success stories like you. See, it is said that uh, many businesses do not last after five years. Very few sustain in the whole world. There are certain key ingredients that most entrepreneurs forget. You start a business, you have to focus on the business. Most people see, oh, Kina, they are into something else, but they see Kina Pharma making money. They don't know what is in it. They jump onto it and want to do the same. No expertise there. Honesty. People get credit, they borrow from the bank, they get products from suppliers, they make it, they sell it, they make the money, big cars, big buildings, beautiful women. So at the end of the day, they don't pay back. Commitment. Business is going well, they are making the money, they forget the source of the money because the money is coming. So they are not really committed to the work because they are making the money until the tap is closed. And then you come to sacrifice. He's a graduate, he's a big man, he wants nice cars, nice everything, he wants to be saved. He is not prepared to understand the meaning of opportunity cost. If I delay this today and use the money for something else, what will be the returns? Can I get what I want today? Or can I postpone? Or can I spend more time in the business? When people also start making money, you forget who provides the money, who provides the strength, who provides the brain. It is not by your might, it is not by your beauty or handsomeness, it is by the grace of God. One does not have to forget the almighty God. Well, let, let's come down to um Secular matters. What did it mean to you when President Kufour said that, well, government pretends to be paying the people, workers, because we know government is the biggest employer in Ghana, and that um, people also pretend to work. What did it mean to you when the president said that? You see, in Ghana, let's look at the ministries. What time do they come to work? The person comes to work at 10 o'clock. The first thing he starts doing is read the newspapers. Then he sends the secretary for breakfast. By the time he finishes all these, it is time for lunch. He goes out for lunch, comes back at 3 o'clock. After 3 o'clock, he has to go and pick the children. So what is the net effective hours the man has put in. Almost zero. So what kind of salary do you expect 
for zero input, nothing. That is why we have this situation. Government knows that people are not working. And the people think they are working. They know that they are not working. They think my salary is small, and that is why. But naturally, you must put in before you earn. You don't expect to be paid well before you deliver. If your boss sees that you are performing, most of the time you don't need to go to the boss to request for additional salary. The boss sees and the boss will pay. If people put in much effort, I'm sure government will pay more. But for now, if I am President Kufo, I'll reduce the salaries of those people. Kofi Nsiampoku, Managing Director of Kenya Group of Companies. Well, and as I said, he worked for the United Nations, the agency called the World Health Organization. Sir, why did the World Health Organization need you? You see, in this world, if you do things and you do them properly, you think you are not noticed. I came out with a product that had existed for ages before you and myself were born. I changed how the product is being made, but to conform to how it is being used. I made it so simple. Just to be able to sell, to be ahead of competition, I didn't know that that was the view of the WHO. Product was put on the market, we started advertising, and then information started coming up, you know, sometimes they would come and visit to see what brought the idea, why did I make it like that? And they have adapted that kind of packaging for the treatment of malaria. And they want to extend this to other countries. Which particular product are you talking of? I would love to know. It is Kinaquin 442. Oh, which was your idea? That is my idea. See, originally, there are 10 tablets of chloroquine you take. You take four first day, same time the next day you take four. Same time, the third day, you take two. But you see, the product is bitter, so people don't want to take it. You are taking four tablets at the same time. People do not take. They only lie to doctors they have taken. So I said, well, if these are the problems with patients, then why don't we make the four tablets one tablet? So the patient thinks, He's taking one tablet, but he's taking the four tablets originally. Patients think it is too bitter. So why don't I coat it? So when you swallow, there's no bitterness. But it goes to the stomach to do the work. See, a research was conducted at a place where we have the Kinaquin 442 compliance. That means Patients who take the right dose when they are taking 
or they have malaria, was 78%. Another area where it didn't exist and the conventional one existed, compliance was 25%. Doctors were giving wrong prescriptions, but when the 442 came into being, there is no way for the doctor to give the wrong prescription because the patient is taking one daily and it is only one tablet. So it became easier. Well, so you were noticed. Well, in your work for the United Nations and for your company in particular, I'm sure you've gone around the world and some parts of those worlds are called de developed nations while ours, Ghana, is called developing nation. Really, what's the difference between the businesses and the populations there, the people there? And here, that brings about, you know, the difference that we're poor and they are rich. When I associate with them, when we sit and discuss about anti-malarials, they get surprised that I have the knowledge. But do we make use of the knowledge we have? We have too much attitude problems. We are not prepared to work hard. We are not prepared to sacrifice. We are not honest in most of our dealings. For example, we employ a white person. Most of them, about 90%, will say, I want this salary. Can you pay me? No, I cannot pay, I can pay this much. The man accepts the amount and he works for it. If we employ a Ghanaian today, he accepts the salary you are going to give him. He comes into the job and begins to look at what you are earning and think you should earn better than that. And therefore, he begins with an attitude by not really being effective and playing games with the work. So these are the minor, minor problems we have. They are minor, really. In and terms of the brain we have, but we are not able to put it together to get somewhere. And you, and you call it attitude now. It is what, what has contributed to that attitude? What, what has made it into a mass? Well, I came to meet it. I never knew it existed until I established my own business. You see, it is, it's become like food, you know. Human beings, we need food daily. So if you be, since we need food daily, we eat the food daily. And therefore, this attitude has been there. And it has moved from one generation to generation. So it is in our blood. Only few countable Ghanaians do not have it and can really achieve something. As a researcher, have you ever tried to find out what contributes to it, the, the reason for it, the, the basis for it? See, most Ghanaians like the easiest way out. And if you want the easiest way out, then you are not prepared to work hard, to be committed, and to be honest. Until we remove these 
from the minds of the people, we are not going to get anywhere. We will still be as we are. And probably the white people will create more gap. Well, and the people mean the present generation and the ones yet to come. Uh, what should they be imbibing right now? And who should be dispensing it? What should they be taking in right now to change that attitude, to, to make it better? See, I think uh, this is too big for the government. It must come down to parents. If you give birth and you start training the children the way you want, at the end of the day, they will toe the line. So I think it is now the responsibility of parents to start training their children, put into their mind the best that is required out of them when they grow. And at least you get majority following or towing those lines. Today, I don't think President Kufo can do much. He's trying, but it is not easy. I cannot even do that either. It has to start from the children. And then we inculcate into them what attitude they have to put up and they will grow with it. So what do you do with your children? I'm sure they drive new cars and they have mobile phones which you pay for and they have things quite easily, do they? <laughs> well, I'll be lying if I tell you that they do. See, I am leading a simple life. I expect them to live the same. I have a son at the university. He has no mobile phone. He doesn't know how to drive. He is living the same way as I used to live because that is what I've put in his mind. I've told him. How old is he? He is 23. To drive, you have to finish the university. I'll send you to a driving school. I'll ask you to learn it. Once you know it, I'll give you a car to use for an important purpose, not for luxury. Mobile phone is out. If I see that he has a mobile phone, I'll dip it in water. Whom is he going to call? What is the essence of the call he's going to make? He doesn't need a mobile phone. If he wants to talk to parents, we have mobile phones. He needs a pay phone card or prepaid card. You go to a telephone booth and you talk to us. He doesn't need to be spoken to by any other person and therefore all these are not necessary. I have cars, I can give him one, but he must achieve what is expected before he gets there. Well, uh, let, let's, let's go a little above uh, the personal stuff. Uh, so looking into the future, like in a pharma or Kenya group of companies, uh, but um, let, let's just say a word about your association with Ghana Sports. Uh, you sponsored the Ghana Premier League, the Premier League for soccer. Um, yes, Kenya Pharma Premier League. Has it been worthwhile? You see, it is a social responsibility. 
we thought we could work hard with them, develop football, and take Ghana to World Cup 2006. But it is really difficult. We are trying to cope with them, but it is a place that is not worth doing business. As of now, as of, um, as of bad now. future. We will try to see if they will change. Otherwise, we will even pull out because it's a difficult place to do business. They are not straightforward. If they tell you it is black today, tomorrow it will be blue, black, or ash. I don't work like that. What is agreed and put down must be followed. I give money and I must have benefits. If you take the money, you are obliged to give the benefits. You don't tell stories. And that is the Football Association and GACA. Well, no one ever seems to say anything positive about well, Ghana sports, particularly football and its administration. Well, I think everybody there should be removed and new people put there to run. Otherwise, we have the talents, but we'll never get anywhere. See, you must understand business. You may not be running an enterprise, but you may be running an office. There's no difference between running an enterprise and an office. You must be business-like before you can move forward. If you are not business-like, nothing will run. Being it an office, presidency, or anything. And you're just teasing me to ask a bigger question. You just talk about an organization which ought to be run well in a business manner. Is Ghana being run in a business manner? And I want you to talk about the politicians. You're pushing me so hard, but I'll attempt to say it. See, let's consider myself as the president, because I am the president of Kina Pharma. Let's look at the messenger, or the people under me. If they are doing their work well, the president will have to toe the line. See, president is looking after how many ministers? 88 or something. It is not an easy job. The ministers are also taking care of these ministries people. Look at the attitude there. And look at the attitude of Ghanaians. It is really difficult to manage Ghana from head to toe. Do the politicians have what it takes to manage it in the face of all the challenges? I would say some do, some may not. Majority do, do, is it the majority that has or the minority? I am not too much deeply into politics, so I don't follow it too closely because my time is really deep into Kina Pharma. But I think uh, there are some good people there, but See, if you have good people, you need good people to work with, and you need good people to manage. How many do we have in Ghana? 
Well, let's talk about the business you love most, the kind of pharma. What's its future? Because uh, earlier in this program, you were talking about going into so many other areas and doing so many other things. The future of kind of pharma. We want to be the pride of West Africa. We want to be in every West African country. We want every West African to use a product from Kina Pharma. And that is the name I want to leave behind. Well, and uh, maybe it will be good to um, let people know that you are just coming to Takoradi. Well, in 2004, you moved to Takoradi. Um, why have you become interested in Western Region 15 years after your business started? It's basically, I am a Kumasi man. I've been here, this is my third time. First time I was passing. Second time I came to look at a facility here. It is only yesterday that I slept here. See, we have covered everywhere in Ghana and we think this is the time we have to bring the good quality products of Kina Pharma to the doorstep of people in the West. And that is why I am here today. And I know people in Western region will be saying you're going to discover soon that the best comes from the West and sometimes the best comes last. I have started feeling it and I'm sure it will continue. Well, and feeling it with uh, Sky TV on the hot seat here. And the man that's just been closer to you now is uh, Kofi Insia Poku, Managing Director of Kena Pharma. Thank you very much Thank for you too. coming. Thank you. And uh, all the best. In another 15 years, we'll see you. The more you. things change, the more often they remain the same. In many cases, they become worse than before. But then there are a few who in spite of it all, still make a difference. My guest, the managing director of Kina Pharma Group of Companies, Kofi Insiapoku, made a difference. For more on the good news and the bad news about Africa, subscribe to the African Port on iTunes podcast. On YouTube, search for African Port. Follow us on Twitter, at African Port. African Port is available on Google's Android podcast. Also on TuneIn Radio, just search for African Port and you can listen for free. Contact African Port by going to our website, africanport.com. African Port is everywhere on the internet and you can't miss it. My name is Philip Nyapo and thanks for listening. <laughs>